0: Last week on the 70s weekly countdown with Mark and Pete.
1: So, you can't yell at me. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just, I just had that look on my face if you're watching on Channel 18.
0: A little bit of a flub. I got nervous.
1: <laughs> You've been doing this. This is your 20th week. There's no reason to be nervous. Yeah.
0: And Wright was also his girlfriend. They got married in 1970, soon after the song
1: was released. They got divorced in 72. But, um, <laughs> It was covered by our friend Peter Frampton. Should I get the clip out? (laughs) And Mike Connors is not his real name. It's some crazy thing. (laughs) If you try and read it, your your tongue catches on
0: fire. So the chairman of the board lead singer, General Johnson,
1: which I love saying, um, (laughs) yeah. The kings of number two, that that can be taken the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) He said, we held the chorus back because listeners already knew it and expected it would come eventually.
1: There it is. Oh, awesome timing, wasn't that? Because I did some research and I just put two and two together. But right now it took me, I had to do long algebra to figure it
2: out.
0: Hello again, and welcome to the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete, a show where two friends review a randomly chosen American top 40 episode from the 1970s, the most interesting decade in pop music. My name is Mark Roback, and with me is my friend and co host, Peter Gardo. Hello, Peter. What's happening?
1: Well, autumn is upon us, it starts this evening. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, all you out, out there in podcast land know, know when we're recording that'll start we had tremendous rain today I, I got out of the car at work and I had just I didn't beat the rain and I had my my hat on and I had my my trench coat on and like like nine inches below my knees to my feet was soaked <laughs> so I'm walking in in the in the rain hitting hitting the parking lot so we got a lot of rain did were you going to go golfing today or anything did, uh, did you just hang out
0: no I just hung out uh I was uh, feeling a little, quote unquote, under the weather, Um, but uh, just my gut issues or whatever. But um, yeah, but if you're watching on Channel 18, you might notice a little bit of beard growth and that's because I've been doing like a, what I call the two season face. So I've started, it's like at the equinoxes, I'll, uh, I'll shave or start growing the beard. Although this started growing a little bit early. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well,
1: I, I did shave this morning, as for those of you watching on Channel 18. <laughs> but uh, so I think this uh, over the weekend I'll probably take the air conditioners out of the windows yeah. and uh, do a little tidying up for uh, for autumn. So, uh, but anyhow, anyone that has anything interesting that to, if they want to get in touch with us, just drop us a postcard to PO Box 197S, Grand Central Station, New York, New York okay well that's fake okay (laughs) (laughs) but remember growing up they'd always say send something to you know uh, box xyz grand central station
0: yeah yeah remember that yeah yeah of course what always sticks out to me is uh the spiegel catalog chicago 60609 (laughs) 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 but yeah there there would be that thing or like if you ordered something right like they'd have an ad to order something, and you know, send check or money order to
1: yeah, <laughs> to Box X Y Z Grand yeah. Central Station. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so uh, Grand Central Station is kind of, if I recall, north <clears throat> northeast of Penn Station, and the post office was in in the building next to Penn Station. It had the same architecture, was built about the same time, hundred years ago, and and the post office moved out. And they uh, created uh, more platforms uh, underneath the post office for uh, uh, for the, Lo- the Long Island Railroad and and and, and such. So um, just just a little bit of that's all I got.
0: All right. So um, Pete and I have been friends for a long time, thirty plus years. We met in college and then ended up working together for a long time. We're still working together. <laughs> and, <laughs> Thank you for picking up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, in each episode, we'll review all 40 songs in the chosen weeks countdown and provide some factual information on each song, as well as our personal opinion stories and comments related to it. At the end of the episode, we'll provide our individual choices for best and worst song, a song that we think will torture the other guy that we've labeled the agonizer, and we'll give our individual A plus through F grade for the entire countdown. Since nobody has the exact same tastes in music, our opinions on individual songs may be controversial, but we otherwise intend to keep the conversation light, humorous, and hopefully entertaining. Remember, this is just a discussion, not a competition, so please
1: no wagering. All right, Mark. So today is episode number 21 of the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete. And this is the American Top 40 from the week ending September 29th, 1973. And the title of this week's episode is, Say, Has Anyone Seen My Sweet Basketball Jones? All right, quite a few choices this week, for <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> so, uh, what were you doing around the end of September 1973?
1: Well, I was starting the third grade, so that would have been my fourth year in that school we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And I think my... I think my teacher was Mr. Dolman. And you think about Mr. Dolman was interesting as he went skiing one time when I was probably a, in the first, maybe he was my older sister, one of my older sister's uh, teacher. And and he was in a wheelchair because he broke broke both of his legs skiing. Ugh. All right. All right. So you're kind of interesting with the, uh, there's, even back then there weren't a lot of men teaching elementary school. Uh, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think I had like a, a male teacher till like the seventh grade. Yeah, yeah.
1: I have a friend of mine whose whose son is same year in college as my daughter, and he wants to be like a the higher end of, of elementary school teaching. Huh. So, which is which is great because I think uh, uh, you know having <clears throat> lots of different kinds of people teach are are, are interesting. Yeah, but yeah. but that morning the uh the the next morning uh, Sunday September 30th it says in my father's uh, date book with Novak 9 a.m. and all I could think of is at a, a friend of mine Steve Novak I was in school with and we were in Indian guides together so there was something maybe we were doing with Indian guides huh. and and then um, on Monday October 1st I didn't go to this. My father did because it's his date book. Um, It was the SME dinner. So I'm thinking SME. Okay, so Society of Mechanical Engineers. No, that's ASME. Mm. So SME, I looked it up. Society of Manufacturing Engineers. Ah. And it was at Valleys at 630. (laughs) And I've been to the Chowder
2: Pot. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I never went to Valleys, ever. I picked my folks up there when I uh, picked them up when they came back from, uh, you know, they had the buses would come from JFK or LaGuardia, yeah. and I picked them up because the, the bus dropped them off there, and it might have been Valleys at the time, or it might have been the Hilltop Steakhouse. Remember, that was that for a little bit?
0: Oh, um, it's funny. I don't remember that. I clearly remember Valleys, though. I think I think we went to eat there maybe once as a family for some some occasion and Uh then and then yeah i've been to the chowder pot is chowder pot still there i mean i'm still
1: there we haven't been there in in three years yeah because of the pandemic and stuff but yeah after when uh cheryl's aunt passed away i'm driving home and i see the big sign you know and uh i call my wife and i say I said says cheryl let's uh let's go to valleys and have a you know (laughs) not valleys let's go, to, <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> let's go to the chowder pot because you know that's what your aunt would like she loved going there
0: ah uh, yeah yeah so that's that's
1: kind of a cool thing to do yeah yeah did you ever you've never gone to see the you know they had that play you know ricardo and lucy's well, i don't know i pick those names out you know wedding you know they have those those wedding oh
0: theater um theaters. no i never did but i remember god that that goes back a while because i remember somebody i work with worked with maybe god when i was in college or something saying they went to that and it was like oh it was hilarious yeah but
1: uh, i don't i don't know if they're doing it now because you know post-pandemic according to commander-in-chief the pandemic's over um which is good so that means that maybe they can start that thing going again
0: yeah yeah and also that i was just thinking that the hotel that was right near there um that's, that's where they, hip- yeah, yeah. Okay. That that's where they found the the uh, getaway car that my my uh, brother's high school buddy Victor Herrera drove. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> the ugly duckling a car, <laughs> and they never and think,
1: never found I, him. Yeah. No, they never found him. Yeah, I think that the city bought that place to put uh, to house folks. Ah, so you know, another thing going off the the tax rolls. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. Okay. Anyhow, so anything going on, you know, with with you at the time, or uh, um, yeah, so uh, no, no dinner at Valley Steakhouse. No, no
0: dinner at Valley Steakhouse. <laughs> um, not too much with me. So I, I guess, yeah, I'd be entering the fifth grade, fourth, fourth grade, or yeah, yeah, fourth grade. But I did again go back to gail's her spy books but at this point gail was a little bit older than me than us so she um she was actually in high school by then so she had graduated from the spy books to i think what she called a journal i'm showing it on channel 18 here it's a larger size notebook um, and it cost 89 cents but (laughs) i came college rule
1: or regular rule
0: um, i think it's just regular rule but I came across, she she only put dates sporadically in it, which is kind of makes it difficult. But I came across a page here that lines up exactly with this time period. And it's great for the, the countdown. So she says on Friday, we had a an assembly in the auditorium and it was on rock and roll. It was good. They showed a film too. And Jim Croce was in it. It was sad because... Uh, He's a good singer, but he died about a week ago.
1: Oh my gosh, you're right.
0: Yeah, so I was going to mention in the in the news clips later that yeah Jim Croce died on September 20th, so a week ago would have been September 27th. But then she goes on to say, "I so that was Friday," Then she says, "Yeah,
1: so the 20th was the previous uh, Thursday. Yeah, my father went to the dentist that day.
0: Yeah." <laughs> So then she says on Saturday, which would have been the day of this countdown, mm-hmm. uh, me and Vicky went to shopping at the Plaza. I bought the number one album, the Edgar Winter Group. They only come out at night. It was really it has really good songs on it that remind me of this summer. It has Free Ride. We all had a real good time. Altum Mira and uh, hanging, hanging in around on it so um now i looked it up it actually there was a little fake news from her it wasn't the number one album uh, it was number three i think it peaked at but yeah she could have
1: been looking at cash box yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so then she talks about then that night they were all going to go to a concert at their high school but before the concert one of her friends came over to the house and they had the radio on and they heard Saturday night's all right for fighting by Elton John and then I guess she she goes on to say later they went to this concert and a couple of kids got into a fight she thought it was pretty funny that uh, that
1: so that was that happened. eastern or central where did where, uh, that was eastern. Did she eastern yeah okay. she,
0: yeah uh, she grew up like a seven iron away from eastern basically okay <laughs> yeah okay
1: yeah, okay. yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was that, but I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Wow. That's yeah. that,
1: that, that's very it's, timely. It's like right They're, on the money. That's this. wonderful. Wow. So the first thing in the news was, was what you already said, right? From around that time, uh, Jim Croce, 30 years old. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. And, you, and you look at his picture with his bushy mustache and his curly hair. And when you're, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, he looked like an old dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But um, yeah. What a, what a loss. Cause I mean, you know the stuff he put out was great yeah. it was it was really good Yep. Yeah. um so uh then on uh, september 27th the way we were single was released by barbara streisand and uh, that became next year's uh, 1974's billboard song of the year and then on september 30th Yankee Stadium, known as the house that Ruth built, closes for a two-year renovation at a cost of 160 million dollars.
1: That's a ton of money back then.
0: Yeah, and the Yankees would play all of their home games at Shea Stadium from seventy uh, in seventy-four and seventy-five. Now, what's interesting is I actually went to the opening day of the re- refurbished Yankee Stadium, so I'm assuming it must have been in the spring of 1976 okay yeah
1: but yeah well i only went to yankee stadium once and it was near the end they had already started building the the new yankee stadium i think it was there in 2008 or 9 i can look up the photographs what is it that's that's the bronx right yeah yeah it was kind of um you know kind of worn out because they knew they're going to get a new one right
0: yeah yeah, so it's essentially iteration number three of Yankee Stadium they're playing in now, I guess. Yeah. It's... So I was
1: there July twenty third, two thousand eight, for a oh. day game. Yep. Okay. It, you can you can see from our seats, on the <laughs> team.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think the last time I went to any kind of baseball game. I think it might have. God, it was a long time ago. I think I was still working at the Farmington plant. And might have gone to Yankee Stadium.
1: Well, and, I I went out to. Well, you and I saw a ball game at a Chase Field.
0: Forgot all about that. And you That's met right. Bernie Williams. That's You're, right, hero in, in, in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie Williams was there taking pictures and uh, promoting a, a charity of his. So yeah, yeah. Forgot all wow. about that. That's right. That's right. I I went to a few games out there because the. Uh, the, the the plant used to get some tickets early on too. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was
1: April thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. Okay. And that was an evening
0: game. <laughs> yeah. Boy, how quickly I forget. Of course, that was part of work, so I, <laughs> you know, I all that up. <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah. that's. I think that's. I think that's probably the last game. I I, I might have gone to the the local, you know, money pit, uh, uh, next to the you know, in the north side of the highway. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else in the news? Nope, that's all I had for news.
0: Um, 73 Technology. I had this, it was in September. It didn't give a specific date, but it said the TV typewriter appears on the cover of Radio Electronics, designed by Don Lancaster. It was a video terminal that could display two pages of 16 lines of 32 uppercase characters on a standard television set. <laughs> oh how far we've come huh
1: so so you could uh you could do uh the red fox you know hops over the lazy dog or whatever it is yeah plus uh plus another help me out another six uh characters uh, <laughs> yeah, lost count <laughs> well well no 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 because there's spaces in between all those words so yeah. you couldn't do it all right so anything in the economy
0: yeah just uh you know the normal stuff so i uh, uh, the unemployment rate is 5.6% and the inflation rate was 7.6%. So we're starting to get into that bad 70s inflation. Today's dollar was uh, 15 cents back then. And the cost of a gallon of regular gas was uh, 39 cents, which is 260 today. And does that match any real-time data you have? Is
2: that gas in the car?
1: Well, we had two vehicles in the family then. So the Volkswagen Squareback on the 29th, which is when this podcast, you know, when, when this American Top 40 came out, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even know what a podcast was, uh, you know, 49 years ago. Yeah. It was uh, 40 cents a gallon. Okay. Right. So very, very, very close. Yeah. yeah. And for the Volkswagen bus, the last time gas was purchased uh, on the 23rd of September, no price given
2: ooh
1: okay but there was like nine gallons purchased okay and i'm like oh my gosh my father didn't take that data down
2: mm.
1: well you know what yeah nine and a half gallons it says gas sweet sweeten sweeten s-w-e-e-t-o-n and i'm looking okay we're sweeten okay and i'm looking i can't find a place named sweet you know there's some things on the internet if you start looking for sweet you got to stay away from and close the browser okay and then go take a shower so so i was looking at the date book also and there was a church retreat the previous weekend okay and i believe I, there were people at our church named sweeten okay that my folks probably carpooled with all right because it was a volkswagen bus all right uh-huh. held nine people you could take you know you know four couples wherever you're going yeah, it could have been out to uh, I think Salisbury is where the retreat place was for our denomination. And uh I think it's Salisbury. And so someone else bought the gas. But of course, the most important thing is not how much it costs because it was free. All right. Is what was the gas mileage? OK. And so with that fill up, uh, they got 18.3 miles per gallon.
2: OK. Yeah.
1: With
0: with. Nine people in the car or you don't know oh, how many? Eight. 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 Okay. Yeah. Unless
1: they took that single person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> odd odd person out.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. I just went to a uh it was down in Westerly and they had a, a car show there that we we stopped at just to have a look. And they had a couple of uh, Volkswagen uh Beetle convertibles from like the later 70s and god, yeah. they were really, really good looking cars. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: I was watching the Mannix. He was being, um, earlier this week, he was being tailed by someone in some sort of, you know, like Dodge Polaris or something, okay? Yeah. To the left of the Polaris, you know, so on the right side of the screen, you know, when you're looking at him, was a a powder blue Volkswagen Beetle. (laughs) So, yeah. So, speaking of Mannix... Was yeah. Manix on TV the night that uh, we're talking about? From uh, it looks as though we're we're going back a couple of days to the 27th, um, which is a Thursday. Yeah, Must uh, see TV.
0: Yeah, actually, no. Um, but on uh, so on CBS, you had uh, uh, at eight the Waltons uh, episode was the separation, and then at nine they had a, a movie Kelly's Heroes from 1970. It says part one, so I don't know how long that movie is, but Maybe with ads and stuff, they I guess they didn't cut a lot out to make it fit or, or what. Yeah. But so uh, Kelly's Heroes,
1: that's that's a big
0: movie with yeah with yeah
1: Charles Bronson and Lee Marvin, right? Telly uh, Savalas, or am I thinking of the Dirty Dozen? Part?
0: Well, I always get those two mixed up because um, I think some of those actors might also be in the Dirty Dozen. But Clint was in the Dirty Dozen, oh, and Don Rickles, I think, and. Yeah. Uh, it, or Clint was in the um. <laughs> I just got it mixed up. He's in Kelly's Heroes. <laughs>
1: yeah, Don Rickles is in Kelly's Heroes. Right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Th- those yeah. two, and then there, there's probably some other crossovers. I always yeah. got those two mixed up when I'd- yeah, I yeah.
1: I think I've seen that, but I don't know if I could sit through two nights of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. N- anything nights.
0: on ABC? Yeah, on uh, at eight you had Dick Clark presents the Rock and Roll Years, and that was like a, a special of his, and then. Um, at nine, you had Kung Fu. The episode was The Well. And then at 10, you had The Streets of San Francisco. And the episode was For the Love of God. And then uh, over on NBC, you had The Flip Wilson Show. And we were wanna... probably
1: watching that if the TV was on.
0: Right. Okay. And, and I kind of wanted to talk about that one because um, it's, it's from uh, season four. It's episode two. And their guests were William Wyndham. Sandy Duncan. Is it
1: William Wyndham? That's Jessica Fletcher's friend.
0: Right, right. And the doomsday machine came out came out of hell. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. They say there's no devil, Jim.
1: But there is a right out of hell.
0: I saw it. So uh yeah, William Wyndham, Sandy Duncan, Monty Hall. And the Pointer Sisters. Hmm. And they they did a spoof that was a takeoff on Monty Hall's game show, Let's Make a Deal. And the Pointer Sisters portrayed the screaming audience. And Sandy Duncan was an elderly lady and Flip Wilson as Geraldine Jones. Um, it was one of the traders for the big deal. (laughs) And then I guess uh, Flip and Monty and uh, Sandy later sang and uh, performed a medley of songs about walking. And the Pointer Sisters sang uh, old songs in Cloud. And then, um, yeah, William Wyndham, he, uh, I guess, read some poetry from some excerpts from Thurber. So
1: So, I I could see Monty Hall knowing how to sing. He was just an entertainer, but... Sandy Duncan singing? I don't know. She, well, I, I don't she read. was in
0: she was in Peter Pan on Broadway. Remember? <laughs> she what must have had sing? to sing. I, I think, think you had taught. to sing. Look at me! I can fly. we up high.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And did Flip Wilson sing? Ah, oh, I I don't remember him singing. Because like
1: Carol Burnett, I mean, she could yeah. sing. Yeah. Okay?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean you might be able to pull, pull this episode up uh, yeah. or i'll put it in the show notes
1: if i can find it <laughs> so if you went to the rialto theater what would you be seeing
0: yeah the only thing and i had to go a little bit forward from our countdown um that i recognized from this time period was on october 19th the way we were starring barbara streisand and robert redford and, and we talked about how uh Barbara had just released the single. And we also talked
1: about, uh, you know, either 10 episodes ago or or 20 episodes ago, um, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Did did she redo this song the way we were? And I talked about how we actually saw this movie because it was filmed at my father's alma mater. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to remember.
0: I think she did do that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we we spoke about
1: it. You know, we have data sources um, that uh, you can go into the show notes and take a peek at. But number one, of course, is Billboard Magazine because that's where the charts come from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, uh, and I guess for this uh, episode of the countdown that was on uh, Sirius XM, Bill Withers introduced it. Yep. Yep. And so now, as cool. Casey would say, on with the countdown. First you take my heart in the
2: palm of your hand
1: I didn't remember this song. I didn't either. Um, we shouldn't spend a lot of time on it because we, we did talk for quite a while right there in our introduction.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, this is Hurt So Good by Millie Jackson. And I think we had her in the countdown before. And um, it's notable that she's been called the mother of hip hop or of rapping itself because she did a lot of songs with spoken sections. uh says that she's her samples have appeared in... 189 different places, 51 covers, and six remixes. So, <laughs> I guess she certainly was.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, she gets royalties. Now, would she get it, or would the publisher get it? Or if it's if it's if it's her, you know, like this word she's saying right now, or is it the you know the author? Or yeah. What? I don't know. I, I don't know how sampling works. I
0: don't know. It may have to be negotiated. You know.
2: Yeah.
1: is from
0: canada mm-hmm. yeah so this is heartbeat it's a love beat by the defranco family featuring tony defranco and um yeah we had them in in our episode uh nine i believe uh, from uh 629 1974 yeah. and um, i could have sworn we did this song too but i guess no, I was, was a wrong. song yeah, but uh, Casey introduced these guys by uh, naming the other family bands. He said, we've got the Jacksons, we've got the Osmonds, we've got the Pointers, and now we have the DeFranco family.
2: Yeah.
0: And, um, and all of
1: them are in the spreadsheet in that special tab I created. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh,
1: I hear Lucille. Yes, you do. And I hear BB King, yeah. and this song was freaking long. Yeah, it was wicked long, and it's is you know, it a, a blue song?
0: Is it a lazy blue song, <laughs> so to speak? But uh, yeah, this is "To Know You Is to Love You" by BB King. So, um, so what's crack me up about this is on Tuesday nights, you know, I go to trivia, and one of the questions was. What does the BB in BB King stand for? And I took a guess and was close but was wrong. It's actually Blues Boy. He got the nickname in Memphis where he worked at a radio station, WDIA, as a singer and disc jockey. And he was given the nickname Beale Street Blues Boy. And it was later just shortened to Blues Boy. So what's his real name then? his real name is riley b king okay. and so unfortunately i was a day late i would have got the the question right
2: yeah.
0: so uh, it was funny too casey said that here's a veteran singer who took the blues to the main room in las vegas <laughs> and uh, uh B. king
1: he's 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 a, he's important
0: yeah he's he's a legend and uh, Are you interested or do you know how he gave the guitar the name Lucille? Make it quick. Well, it was basically, it was, um, he he left it in the bar he was playing at. It was in Arkansas because there was a fire in the bar. So they all ran out and then he was like, oh my God, my guitar. And he went back in to get it. And then I guess there was two guys fighting over some woman named Lucille. And then so he kinda said he would just uh, he named it Lucille as a reminder not to fight over a woman or to run into any more
1: burning buildings. <laughs> so I just remembered I saw B.B. King. Did you? Probably about we we're living here probably in the late nineties. And my sister and her husband got, you know, free gratis tickets and Robert Cray opened up. Oh, uh-huh he's real good too yeah it it was it was kind of good yeah uh, so i'm glad that i was able to see bb king yeah the best thing about it i didn't see him with u2
0: (laughs) yeah so he passed away in uh, 2015 at the
1: age of 89. well that's a nice old age unlike this gentleman who passed away young
0: yeah Yeah, so unmistakable voice of the great Barry White here. Uh, I've got so much to give is the name of the song. He wrote this and composed it and uh, it got to number 32 and spent 11 weeks on the chart. And it went to number five on the R&B chart. And uh, the accompanying musicians on this are the Love Unlimited Orchestra. Barry had two other bigger hits in 1973. He had I'm Gonna Love You Just a Little More Baby. Off this same album, I've got so much to give, Never Never Gonna Give You Up, and that went to number seven. And yeah, as you you said, Barry passed away in 2003 at the age of 58,
2: yikes.
0: But what I, I read, which may be some solace to us, he was also known as a prolific heavy smoker reportedly smoking approximately 150 cigarettes a day, roughly between seven and eight packs. Now, I thought Rod Serling was like the king of smoking, but they said he only smoked four or five packs
1: a day. So, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Your father smoked Paul Malls, right? Uh, no, Parliament. Oh, Parliament.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not the adults, Parliament. <laughs> <laughs>
1: gonna take a while to get there this is yeah Bob and it's knocking uh, on heaven's door I thought this song was older than this so did I yeah and, uh, big song a lot and uh... yeah so um
0: yeah this is actually off a movie soundtrack Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid Um. And Dylan wrote the song for that movie. He also uh, makes a cameo in that as uh, he's got a character named Alias. And the song got to number 12 and it's written from the perspective of a dying sheriff. I wonder if he got shot by Bob Marley or Eric Clapton. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. In the movie, it's played, yeah, while the sheriff is dying, Sheriff Colin Baker. And it's played by Slim Pickens.
1: I well, no, we know so, him from... Lots
0: of things. So this song has been covered by a bunch of artists, uh, uh, including Guns N' Roses in 1991. And Eric Clapton and uh, Arthur Lois did it also. I, I think mean, one of my
1: favorite versions is done by with Jerry Garcia Band.
0: Yep. Um, I mentioned this before, uh, Eric Burden and Rory Gallagher did a version of this live at a performance on, in, uh, in Germany. And I, and uh, Yeah, so Bob Doan is, uh, he's 81 years old. Is
1: this the new Temptations." I didn't remember this song.
0: Um, I didn't either. So this is Hey Girl, I Like Your Style by The Temptations off their album, Masterpiece. It peaked right here at uh, number 35, but it did get to number two on the R&B chart. And uh, they had two other hits off this album. The the, uh, title track, Masterpiece, went to number seven, and then Plastic Man sneaked onto the chart at number 40. But uh, I don't remember any of those uh, other songs either. either. So I think, like you said, this was later Temptations and um, maybe they'd lost a little bit of their shine at this point. Not bad, but just kind of not memorable.
1: Well, this is where Motown and soul music was going, this type of stuff.
0: Yeah. So this is ecstasy by the ohio players of the album of the same name it was their fourth studio album and uh, for casey the ohio players are eight guys from dayton <laughs> and uh, this song got two notches higher to number 32 and got to number 12 in the r b chart not their best work in my opinion we've had them on our show before with the singles funky worm and skin tight and, of course, they had the number one That's hits. Funky
1: Worm. Ugh.
0: Yeah. But they did have the number one hits, Fire, in 1974, and, and Love, Roller Coaster, in 1975. Those are those are much better. So
1: I was shocked by this. Were you? What? Because there's no Jimmy on Gilligan's Island, and he loves Marianne? No.
0: So this is Jimmy Loves Mary Ann, and I thought these guys were a certified one hit wonder because this is by Looking Glass.
1: Yeah, these are the guys that did Brandy or Fine Girl. Brandy.
0: Yeah. I didn't remember this song.
1: I didn't remember this either, but you could. You, you could oh, tell you the can voice. tell immediately.
0: It sounds yeah. just like it. Yeah. yeah. Casey said the group took "Brandy" all the way to number one in 1972. This one uh, is peaking right here at number
1: 33. It's uh, got a nice shuffle. Yeah. I never hear it played on the radio. Yeah.
0: Of course, the title of this cracks me up because I have two cousins on the Roback side that are Jimmy and Marianne. Oh wow. <laughs>
1: this song had to be probably chopped up into little pieces to make it into a single this is Rocky Mountain Way which goes on forever on the radio yeah and uh, and Joe was uh, previously in um, the James gang yeah and then he ended up joining my favorite band the Eagles <laughs> yeah. And you sent that thing about, can we play Eagles song from the David Letterman show or the... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and it, it went on forever, but it was kind of funny. And the Eagles are, it just makes you not like them even more. Yeah. The ability not to play the, the tunes.
0: Even like a couple bars or whatever, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's funny. So uh, Joe Walsh, I guess he wrote this uh, after he moved from Cleveland to Boulder, Colorado. And he's celebrating the scenery. And uh, one critic said, in some ways, the song is a rocked up version of John Denver's Rocky Mountain, Mountain High. High. Yeah. I was going to say. So, this was one of the first songs to feature the Talk Box. Talk Box. Which, you know. Uh, oh, should first... I pull it out? <laughs> we all know who made the Talk Box famous. That's we? right. Yeah. It wasn't Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That's about all I had on this. Oh, it's off the album, The Smoker You Drink, The Player You Get.
1: I don't remember this song. I know it's Midnight Hour, which was done by that Motown band, I think yeah
0: so this is this yeah, is a really
1: crappy version
0: it, it really is it's uh, in the midnight hour by cross country and um you know casey was saying this was a hit twice before wilson pickett yeah, said that's took it, it to number 21 in 65 and the Moretz to number uh, 45 in 1968. so the only think, thing that- i
1: don't think wilson pickett was motown but it gets kind of clumped in the same so, uh,
0: what was interesting, I didn't know anything about this group, Cross Country, but they're a trio formed in Brooklyn and they were they were formed as a side project of the Tokens, who did, you know, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Remember that from the 1960s? Yeah, and this was their only hit as Cross Country. Yeah, The Lion Sleeps Tonight was a uh, 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 number one in 1961.
1: That's a long time ago from this.
0: It really is,
1: yeah. So let's see. That was 61, so that's 12 years ago. So 12 years ago would have been 2010. Huh. That's when you would have heard me on the radio. God, that doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. All right, I've heard enough of this. Yeah. Number 30. Here's another one that was not memorable. I'm surprised it got played on the radio. It's called Stoned Out of My Mind by the Chai Lights. And the Chai Lights did other stuff. What, you have a list there of what they did, right? Um,
0: Yeah, yeah. So they, they've been on our countdown before. They had, uh, for God's sakes, give more power to the people. Um, that was number 26 in 1971, and Have You Seen Her, which was yeah, that's number the one. three in, in seventy one, yeah. and also Old Girl in 1972, another number one. Um, you know, it's funny, though, like, so yeah, this is stoned out of my mind. Horrible title. The song actually isn't bad. I mean, you know, it's it's a decent song, but yeah, the title is just,
1: it just, yeah,
0: it reeks of the time period, I guess. <laughs>
1: It rings of something else.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: this is not Randy saying it's not Tito. It's not Germaine. Who am I missing? <laughs>
2: yeah. uh,
1: could it be Michael? <laughs> <laughs> but there are five of them. I only named three of them. Oh, who's, the, who's, the, who's the fifth one? Randy, Tito, Jermaine, Michael. Who's the other one? Their podcast. Yeah, podcast.
0: yeah. I, I don't remember. I'm, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but this is like "Get It Together" by the Jackson Five off their same album, "Get It Together."
1: I don't remember this one either.
0: Yeah. Casey said it took the biggest leap in the countdown this week. And it was the, Leapers. It was, yeah, the title track off, off the album. It, it leaped 11 notches. It was written by Hal Davis, Don Fletcher, Barry Gordy, Mel Larson, and Jerry Marcelino. It would only hey, get up. Marcelino. Yeah. on. Um, <laughs> it, it would only get up one more notch to 28. But the album is, is said to be uh, one of the earliest albums to experiment with the, what they call the pre-disco song. And it was released at a time before the genre was mainstream. Um, it was a breakaway album for the Jacksons because it was less of the bubblegum soul sound and it became more funk oriented. Of course, the other song on this album was Dancing Machine.
2: Oh, which, that's uh, an And awesome, that one got awesome. to
0: number two next year yeah. in 1974. And we, and, um,
1: I don't, yeah, that was next year, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, the Jackson Five appeared on the Bob Hope Special September 26, 1973, to promote their new sound. And they do this song, And I'll, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. I feel sorry. I feel sorry. I
2: feel sorry.
1: No, this song is not called "I Feel Sorry." <laughs> yeah, was this song is called "I Believe in You." Open parentheses, you believe in me. Close parentheses. By okay. whom?
0: Uh, Johnny Taylor, um, off his album "Tailored in Silk." Written and produced by Don Davis, who re- um, and recorded by Johnny Taylor. This one got to number eleven on the pop chart and number one on the soul singles chart. For
1: Don Davis, the the inventor of the signal switchboard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, that's that's Dave Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to be con- confused
0: with Ann B. Davis.
2: Here's the story of a lovely
1: lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, I barely remember this song no. yeah i might have heard it on the radio um, but but johnny taylor he did a lot of other things didn't he yeah do, uh, what's what's his one that everyone remembers
0: uh who's making love that's the 1968, one
1: 1868 that's five. one you hear down at
0: boppers and, and, yeah and he's got he had a he had many hits on the rb charts um and he also had a big hit disco lady which went to oh number yeah one in 76. And he was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame this year in 2022. Sadly, he's no longer with us. He passed away year 2000 at the age of 66.
1: Number 27. <laughs> so this is a repeat from our episode number 11, which was nine weeks ago in the 1973 calendar. It was number 21. This is 11 and Let Die. This is By the Wings. and we talked about it then
0: yeah yeah no more to say because we got to get on to this
2: well
1: this song has been on the chart for four weeks it's peak to date is now i don't know if i want any higher yeah, we'd get to number 15, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because these guys were number 30, stoned out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, probably doing this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so this is Basketball Jones featuring Tyrone Shoelaces uh, and <laughs> Chi off their album Los Cochinos, which translates into The Pigs. So I was shocked when I did the research for this song because... It's a parody of the song Love Jones, which I think came out um, the year before this. But this song featured some heavy duty talent. George Harrison, Michelle Phillips, Billy Preston, Tom Scott, Carole King, and The Blossoms all performed on this song. The Blossoms and uh, Michelle Phillips uh, are credited as the cheerleaders singing backup. King played electric piano, Preston played the organ, Scott was on saxophone, and it all came together at a and Studios in L.A. after Lou Adler, who was producing the album, played the song for George Harrison who was recording in the studio next door, and he wanted to be a part of it. And once he was on board, everyone else wanted to join him. <laughs> you believe it?
1: <laughs> I just read something about George Harrison with... Uh... His, his song um, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," huh. and we talk about him doing that. Uh, you know, that's on the White Album, and doing it at the concert for Bangladesh. And he used the wrong guitar, and he didn't do a very good job because he was addled with heroin. Oh, so, geez. so the question is: Is was he still addled with heroin when he did this? <laughs> is this, this is. You oh, know, you just brought the room down. <laughs> uh, I think he cleaned himself up. But, yeah. You know. Um, uh, can, can so to, Can we go to number 25? Yeah,
0: I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll put the, the link to the lyrics of this song in the uh, show notes, because it is pretty funny, the lyrics.
1: <laughs> this one was number 25 uh, in episode 11, which is nine weeks ago in 1973. Ah, okay. And this yep. is Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah,
0: It got all the way to... Uh, yeah what did you say number 11
1: was it or? No, well no we got it uh, at number 25 nine weeks ago so it's at the same spot it was nine weeks ago it uh, got all the way up to number 12 right the chart
0: yeah yeah so yeah i think we talked about it uh, at length in that episode
2: i can almost hear the stillness as it yields to the sound of your heart beating
0: yeah that was the only part that made me remember this yeah
1: this is conway twitty you've never uh you've never been this far before number 24 i don't i don't know if that's just gross or i don't know but you know country yeah Yeah, I guess this I was said a, enough.
0: Yeah, this was a number one country song. Yeah, it got to number twenty-two on the pop chart. Of course, it was controversial because of the, uh, you know, <laughs> the lyrics, basically. Um, so Conway Twitty's real name Harold Here we go. Harold Lloyd Jenkins, and um, he passed away in uh, nineteen ninety-three at the age of
1: fifty-nine. Yikes. <laughs> Well, this guy—he's been around a long time. He wrote "Me and Bobby, Bobby Ben-Gee.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. He's part of the uh, the, uh, the Highwaymen. Yeah. With our friends Willie Nelson and uh, Waylon, and Johnny Cash, and he's on commercials now, selling something like for like wicked old people. Uh, Have you seen him? <laughs> watch him with a guitar. I mean, you watch the same TV I do.
0: Yeah, is that him? i think it's him i thought it was like um uh, one of the bridges brothers
1: (laughs) i thought it was chris christopherson okay i'm
0: gonna have to pay attention next time
1: because he's got a guitar
0: yeah yeah you
1: know either that or he's you know would be hanging out with barbara streisand in the main event no the star is born (laughs)
0: yeah so this is uh yeah so why me by chris christopherson off his album jesus was a capricorn um, this was also a no, number one country song. Really?
1: My wife's a Capricorn. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because it makes sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so this one got to number 16 on the pop chart, and uh, Larry Gatlin and Rita Coolidge sang backup on this track. Christofferson and Rita Coolidge got married in 1973, divorced yep. in 1980, and supposedly Chris Christofferson wrote this after he had an actual religious experience in church. And this was his biggest hit as an artist. Of course, you you mentioned he wrote Me and Bobby McGee, which was his biggest hit as a writer. This song's been covered by many artists. Elvis would sing it at concerts in uh, 1974, and it appears on two of his live albums. And also covered by Conway Twitty, Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, Ray Charles, and Johnny Cash. We just heard from
1: Conway Twitty. Yeah, we
0: did so oh. at this time chris christopherson was on screen starring in the movie pat garrett and billy the kid which we just talked about with the knocking on heaven's door ah oh. and uh, rita coolidge was in that movie as well oh. yeah chris christopherson is still with us i hope so because he's maybe in commercials he's 86 <laughs> years old i don't
1: i, I can't be sure
0: we'll we'll, we'll we'll figure that out and talk about it next episode okay <laughs>
1: Yes, help me, Jesus. Yeah, please. Absolutely, please.
2: This
1: was number 24, last time around. This is Al Green. I've been on the charts for uh, 13 weeks. It got all the way up to number 10. And it's uh, Here I Am, Come and Take Me. And uh, Al Green, remember this song. I, I yeah, We talked about this before. I don't know if I remember. I don't know if I liked it then, I don't know if I like it now. It's, yeah. It's plotting.
0: Yeah. Know. So he um he did a version of this on uh he he was one of the few performers to perform live on Soul Train and he had broken his arm when he appeared on the show for, and in 1974, but um yeah, he he sang a rendition of this and it's uh, one of the musical highlights of the series. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes on um, and uh, he's still with us, he's 76
1: years old. Wow, he's a young man. Yeah, yeah, he must have been really young. Well, this is my favorite Al Green song, I think it's, he wrote it, it's "Taken to the River. Yeah. All right, yeah, because the talking heads just make it a great song. Yeah. And, and even, even I, you know, when he did it, it's a great song.
0: Yeah. So his real name is Albert Le- Le- Leorns Green, but he's also known as the Reverend Al Green. Ah yeah, ordained minister. Yep.
1: Well, you know what? He can tell you how to help you, Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Funny how these songs kind of match up, right? Mm-hmm. Like last week with the <laughs> "You're Having My Baby."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did did not remember this song yeah me either and all i could think of is the david coverdale write it <laughs> this is war doing gypsy man yeah and usually when they talk about gypsies and songs it's always about a gypsy woman <laughs> never about a gypsy man
0: so this is uh off their album deliver the word the song reached number eight on the pop chart and believe it or not number six on the r b chart um and uh, Casey said this was the third big record for War, but it seems that they had more than that up to now. They had the previous hits uh, "Spill the Wine," "The World Is a Ghetto," "Cisco Kid." They'd go on to have six more top forty hits in the seventies. So I, I almost think this sounds like a speeded up Cisco Kid. <laughs> <I don't laughs> you know, know like instrumental.
1: Let's put it on forty-five, and maybe it'll sound like uh, Stevie Nicks. Yeah.
0: So the album version of this is 11 minutes and 36 seconds long. Uh, The radio edit is 5.36. You
1: still got Gail's
0: LP? I think I do. I, I didn't go have time to go look down in the garage, but um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. This, uh, so this is free ride by the Edgar Winter Group, which we talked about in uh, Gail's journal. Off the album, they only come out at night.
1: And is that the one, the creepy one where Edgar Winter looks like he's he does, yeah? He never has a shirt on. No, okay, <laughs> okay? and he's got that, you know, he's he's as white as a ghost. All right, and he's yeah. got his he's his his head is pointed up. You know?
0: Yeah! Oh, yeah! It's a it's yeah. a it's a creepy looking album. It's a I creepy think.
1: looking LP. But yeah. this is this is a freaking awesome song. So, um, Edgar Winter didn't sing this song. I've heard him sing. He doesn't sing. Isn't this the guy that used to that also sang with Ted Nugent? Ah! Um, or is this Rick Derringer? Who's singing this song? Good question. Do I have that here? It was actually written
0: by Dan Hartman. Um, Dan
1: Hartman from. Uh, not from the Doobie Brothers. Ah, no, that's a different.
0: No, no. This guy was, he was from Pennsylvania. He was in a band called The Legends before he joined this. And uh, Edgar Winner kind of formed his group. And he specifically brought Hartman on because he had written this song and liked it and wanted to record it.
1: Dan Hartman is doing the lead vocals. And you ah. know who's doing lead guitar?
0: Is this Rick Dan Montrose.
1: Drew? Montrose. Oh. Ronnie oh. Montrose.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I had that. I had that lower in my notes here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And of course, Edgar Winter was was a was a keyboard player, and his brother Johnny was a guitar player.
0: Yeah, a good blues guitar player who I've I've gotten into of late too. So yeah, Edgar Winter also played the synthesizer, the saxophone, and drums. And on free free ride, he played the the owner Cl- Clavinet, which is what Stevie Wonder played in Superstition.
1: Yeah, well, that's, the Clavinet is also what Terry Adams plays in NRBQ. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so this song has been in many, many movies. And uh, I also think uh, we might have a sponsor yeah, this week. Nobody- the Ford Freeride is gearing up for
1: Labor Day. Now through September 8th, every Ford truck has 0% financing for 72 months for qualified buyers. Interest-free for six years. F-150, Super Duty, every built Ford tough truck. 0% financing for 72 months on Ford F-Series, America's number one selling truck. Now get 0% financing for 72 months on any built Ford tough truck. The free ride ends September 8th. Hurry, see your Ford dealer today. Well, that makes me want to go out and buy a Ford. Yeah, Yeah, me too.
0: Have you ever drive. owned a Ford? Have I ever owned a Ford? I don't believe I have.
1: Really? How about a Mercury?
0: No. How
1: about a Lincoln?
0: No, definitely not a Lincoln.
1: Okay. Because well, I have I have my mother's Ford. Okay. Uh-huh. That 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 she, uh, after she passed and and I have here is watching on channel channel eighteen. I have the logbook for the. Ford station wagon, which was a 1956 Ford Country Squire station wagon modeled 79 Charlie motor number blah blah blah. And uh, so it was owned by my folks from 19 for five years 1960 to 1964. And, uh, and so they bought it used and that's when they, when they, that was the second car because they when they came to the area here. They lived in the big city on the north end, and then they moved out to the country, and had to buy another car. And of course, they had, uh, let's see. Uh, but I had my uh, my Lincoln Continental, nineteen sixty four Lincoln Continental uh, uh, convertible that I had for a couple of years in the uh, in the early nineties. So I don't know if you ever remember that,
2: but uh,
1: we knew each other back then. But we yeah you were working second shift for the great Santucci.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) So these brothers were on our last countdown with number 26, Long Train Running, uh, episode number 11. And you'll still hear the song on the radio. Great song. And uh, China Grove is a little town in Texas. If I remember my research of this song years ago
0: yeah yeah and of course yeah this is the doobie brothers and it's off of uh pete's favorite work themed album the captain and me um, <laughs> this one got to number 15 and casey said the doobie brothers at this point had had four hit records listen to the music jesus is just all right long train running and now uh this one china grove and yeah it's a small town in texas about 10 miles from San Antonio in Bexar County, and uh, Tom Johnston told Songpacks that the words were written last and they were made up around this whole idea of this wacky little town with a sheriff that had a samurai sword and all that sort of thing, and he said when he wrote the song, he wasn't thinking that there was a real town called China Grove, but it must have sinked into his uh, subliminal mind because when they were touring around San Antonio, he probably saw signs for it. He said he found out or was reminded later in 1975 in a cab in Houston that there really was a town called China Grove. Um,
1: this yeah. is a great song.
0: Yeah, it always sounded a little bit ahead of its time to me, like it should have been, you know, a little bit later 70s. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that this was 73. Well, Ted yeah.
1: Templeman, he knew how to produce records.
0: Yeah, yeah, good song.
1: this is the theme from cleopatra jones you ever see the movie cleopatra jones i actually have i've Um, never heard of it until reading this right here oh so actually not not john simon this is joe simon
0: yep joe simon featuring the main streeters now there was a song earlier in the countdown and we didn't get to it but it's also from the same movie and um yeah this film is it's a classic black blaxploitation film uh, of ah. the 70s. Cleopatra, Cleo Jones is an undercover special agent for the United States government. She's an overseas model as her cover for her real job. She's the soul sister's answer to James Bond. Ah. Yeah. So it stars Tamara Janice Dobson in the title role, and she holds the Guinness Book of World Records as the tallest leading lady in a film, standing at six foot two inches. Taller than Grace Jones? I think she's taller than Grace Jones. Yeah. Uh, Who was
1: that other one? Who was uh, Sylvester Sloan's wife? Oh, yeah. Bridget Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Maybe it was only up to this time. Maybe up to that time, yeah. yeah. But leading lady, she, this woman was the star of this film. Okay, Other, right.
1: wasn't, wasn't a, uh, I, th- I think um, Grace Jones, wasn't she in one of the James Bond movies?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So but, I got a, I got a message here, I, I just remembered, because you talked about the kind of film this is, and on Saturday, September 11th, uh, Jaime, <laughs> Jaime wrote me, watching Shaft in Africa oh <laughs> and i don't know if that's true or not
0: yeah but i put a link to that in the show notes because we had a song from that <laughs> one right. but uh yeah uh so this uh, the movie also has shelly winters she's like the big she's big on everything yeah The adventure it, it's a funny movie it, funny and campy i think you know
1: shelly winters was in i think a kojak i saw yeah and she was so annoying
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um i couldn't find anything about the the main streeters but um joe simon is the one that wrote wrote and produced this and he was uh r b and soul artist and he he was consistently present in the u.s charts between 1964 and 1981. he had 51 u.s pop and B chart hits between those uh,
1: years kind of a disappearing act yeah know? yeah i hadn't you, you, I hadn't you don't think of, of joe simon maybe yeah. You know, maybe if he changed his name, is that his real name? Because maybe uh, if he had a name like, you know. Like Slim Flash. Pickens or, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: but is that his real name?
0: Uh, as far as I could tell, fine. Yeah, yeah that's his real name. Um, well, so he, listen. Is he still with us? Um, he passed away in December of last year at the age of 85.
1: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, Well, this wonderful lady and her cousins were on our chart last time with uh, number 28, where the something of the water's flow. I can't even read my writing. Yeah, do I have that here? Where peace of the water's flow?
0: Uh, Where peaceful water's flow, peaceful. yes.
1: Yeah. Everyone knows what to do coming up here. You... you you pull the cord and you say <laughs> woo woo yeah
0: <laughs> Gladys Maria Knight also known as the Empress of Soul and Casey had a little story about uh, at the tender age of four she won first place three times in Ted Max amateur hour which gave her a four foot gold trophy is. in national fame whoo, whoo. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. No, nah, no problem. <laughs> and yeah nah, this, this is a great song and huge and, song. Went yeah. to number one. Yeah, and uh, Gladys is still with us. She's seventy-eight. Yeah. So good for her. Oh, uh,
2: oh, oh,
0: oh something Mr. very uh, No, I read about this song. This is interesting. So the guy that wrote it, Jim Weatherly, he said the song actually came about after a phone call I had with Farah Fawcett. Lee Majors was a friend of mine. We played in the flag football league together in L.A. He had just started dating Farah. One day I called Lee and Farah answered the phone. We were just talking and she said she was packing. She was going to take the midnight plane to Houston to visit her folks. And that just stuck with this guy, uh, Weatherly. And he's, uh, yeah, he just... Uh, Changed it around a little bit and said, "Oh, midnight train to Georgia." Instead, so isn't that interesting? (laughs) I love it. Yeah, what a great story.
1: Yeah, Yeah. 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 we get another hoo-hoo in
2: here? Yes,
1: not. (laughs) Oh, maybe here. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Number sixteen. I hear something from the journal. Wasn't this in the journal? Or was this on the TV show? No, this is on the this, Flip Wilson show. The Flip Wilson show, yes. These I'm getting, getting Gail's journal and, and the TV schedule <laughs> mixed up.
0: I was panicking. I thought I forgot already.
1: <laughs> but they didn't do this song in the Flip Wilson song, did they? No. Yeah. Yeah, so this I is- like this song. I think this is a nice song. Yeah. Yes
0: we can can by the Pointer Sisters. Um this one was written by Alan Tucson and uh producer David Rubinson suggested that the Pointer Sisters record the song um and uh let's see So Yes We Can Can was one of the songs the Pointer Sisters recorded as a demo while they were seeking a label deal. And um, it was one of the first tracks the group cut in the fall of 1972 for their debut album, which was uh, titled The Pointer Sisters. And Casey said the Pointer Sisters, you know, from Oakland, California, were backup singers for a bunch of groups, including Tower Power, Dr. Hook, and Boz Skaggs. But they got a big break when the, the club, The Troubadour, had a singer cancel and they needed to fill in. And Ruth Pointer said, looking back on that day, they didn't even know how to put on a show but she said it was judgment day so they just shook everything we could shake and they were a smash uh and we're busy ever since so uh,
1: alan toussaint is a huge figure in pop music songs mm-hmm. you know doing working in a coal mine and, oh yeah uh, woman get out of my life that's one that uh um I know Jerry Garcia band did that. That's another <laughs> one. Uh, what was the other one? Um, Java, um, uh, Mother-in-Law. And oh, it, yeah. The list goes on and yeah. on and on.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a funk song, so kind of different from all those you mentioned. He did too.
1: Southern Nights. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, of course, my favorite uh, Casey uh, quote, here come the girls.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I happen to he has a habit of saying
2: that.
1: this is uh, Elton John, no Olivia Newton-John on this chart this week. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, kind of interesting, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say interesting, but they're usually like a match pair through the 70s. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, of course, this was in Gale's Journal. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Well, that's and right. Apparently, so is uh, Eastern High School's all right for fighting. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> Yeah, this one went to number 12, and uh, Bernie Topman wrote the lyrics, and he called it his first attempt to write a rock and roll song that was totally English, don't you know. Uh, until then, most of the songwriting focused on American culture, although you could pop this in America, too. <laughs>
1: I think everyone fights everywhere. Yeah. So, now, whether or not they they are allowed to go out on Saturdays is another thing.
0: Yeah. But uh, uh, Topin said um, this was based on his teen years going uh, to British dance clubs where fights were common.
2: Come uh, dancing. Th- there's a rather, awesome.
0: there's a rather clever uh, reference to getting drunk in the lyrics. Get about as oiled as a diesel train. So Elton John is uh, still with us. He's 75. Sir Elton John was recognized by Queen Elizabeth II for his services to charity twice, receiving knighthood in 1998 and being appointed a member of the Order of the Companions of Honor in 2020. You know his real name? Reginald Jones. Reginald Kenneth Dwight.
1: Oh, <laughs> oops, I'm thinking of Davy Jones, which yes. was, which was David Bowie. And he had to change his name because of Davy Jones from The Monkees. (laughs) Oh, how confusing. (laughs) You'll still hear this on the radio a lot. Yeah,
0: probably heard it
1: this week. Well, Miss Diana Ross. This was number 11 last time. It got all the way up to number... on the chart number one number one (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was not a trick question
0: (laughs) well what's interesting is casey said it had been on the top 40 for 13 weeks but our chart here says
1: 18 no that's the top 100 that that means Uh, top 100 uh, so casey Uh, wasn't wrong Uh, uh. it gets really good coming up here but um you heard it last time it almost, this is where this work gets really good. It's a great, it's, this song is put together so well. When it gets to this
0: part, I could almost picture Dionne Warwick doing this too. Yeah. Kind of that style.
1: And right here. And then she goes and she starts talking like uh, Millie Jackson. Yeah. Right here.
0: It <laughs> slows down. It is a well put together song
1: So on my way home from work, there was a song and it was uh, from Ron Wood or Ronnie Wood. And it sounded like you know Mick Jagger was was doing the song. And Earl Bailey was saying how, when this song came out, it, 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 the name of the LP was "I'll Do My Own Damn Record" or something like that. Just <laughs> kind of a telling Rod Stewart, you know, you know, you want to do your records? Well, I'll do my own record. So this is yeah, Angie by the Rolling
0: Stones off of Head Soup. This one got to number one. Casey said last week it debuted at number 22. So there's a lot of speculation about who Angie was. People thought it was about David Bowie's wife at the time, but Mick Jagger said the truth is that Keith Richards wrote the title. He said Angie, and I think it had to do with his daughter. She's called Angela. And then Mick said he just wrote the rest of it. But according to Keith Richards, it was not about any particular person. It was a name like, oh, Diana or something. And he said uh, he didn't know Angela was going to be called Angela when he wrote Angie. Um, he says, in those days, you didn't know what sex the thing was going to be until it popped out. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. They didn't have the reveal parties
1: <laughs> have you ever gone to one of those i have not i haven't either thank goodness
0: yeah i don't think i'd want to go i want a secret
1: <laughs> yeah That I, I... wasn't this is keep on trucking part one by eddie kendricks yeah wasn't he in the temptations Yes, he was. So, was he on the "Temptation" song we heard at number thirty-five, or he already? No, left, he
0: had already left.
1: So that's okay. that's
0: the deal. Um, so this is yeah, "Keep on Trucking" by Eddie Kendricks. Casey told a story in the beginning of this about how in the nineteen fifties Eddie wanted to be a you know a singer badly, and he grabbed his brother Robert's tax refund that was eighty-two dollars, and he he sold his three best suits to his brother, but he signed his name, his brother's name on the check so he could head off to Detroit to start his singing career. (laughs) But I guess uh, his brother Robert became his road manager, so he was okay. So keep on truckin' is a phrase of encouragement, meaning to stay focused regardless of circumstances or setbacks. And the term originates from a song first recorded by Blind Boy Fuller in the 1930s. Uh, Burry Gallagher covers some Brian blind Boy Fuller songs. <laughs> but
1: who would, uh, have, who would have thought in this is '73 and you know, four years that you know, Convoy would Keep On Trucking and Smoking the Bandit and you know, all that would CB culture would turn into what it is? Yeah, you don't think of when you think of Keep On Trucking, you don't think of of motown and eddie kendrick's yeah.
0: yeah i guess they said too that uh the phrase was popularized in the in the u.s uh, by underground cartoonist robert crumb in a one-page comic published in the first issue of zap comics in 1968. Gail always cracked up that supposedly Tony Danza has a tattoo that says keep on trucking. And there's like a guy walking. I don't know if you've ever seen that thing from the seventies.
1: <laughs> well, it looks like the guy in the back of shakedown street by the Rolling Stones. Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 But there's Not a the King- Rolling Stones, a
1: Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. Die. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there's a case where like, you know, don't get some pop culture thing tattooed on you because it's there for life. <laughs>
1: My grandmother got me a, like a trucker's hat that said, keep on trucking. It was it was white mesh with a yellow bill and, and top. And it uh-huh. said, keep on trucking. I probably still have it someplace.
0: Was it during this time period?
1: Oh, no, no, not. It was in, in the trucky, you know, part oh, year. In know. the 70s,
0: yeah. yeah, later 70s.
1: Yeah. I swear we had this on our previous episode but i could not find it anywhere.
0: yeah yeah we did uh was, what, that, was that
1: from from did it, which one it wasn't the last time
0: um that's what i had it at number 20 from the last time you
2: did
1: oh i yeah. didn't mark it down then right
0: and
2: uh, hi, hi, hi.
0: Yeah. casey oh yeah casey said the stories uh They kept this in the top 10 for eight weeks, um, and it had gotten to number one.
1: Oh, you're right. There it is, number 20, Brother Louie. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about it a lot in that episode. this is a dickie betts song yeah by the allman brothers off of the lp brothers and sisters we have this in the collection because my sis- oldest sister bought it
0: yeah my i remember my one of my siblings having it as well yeah,
1: it's a great record
0: yeah. And, yeah and
1: this is after all the tragedy that they had and they came back with this and, and it's kind of when dickie betts kind of took over a little bit
0: yeah yeah Only- so
1: <laughs> go ahead
0: uh, so this one got to number two, and, and yeah, Diggy Betts wrote this, uh, and he took the title from the 1951 Hank Williams song, Ramblin' Man, and he also sings the lead. He described the song as mostly autobiographical, telling the story of a guy whose travels take him to many places and who takes life as it comes. And yeah, as you were saying, this was the first uh, Almond Brothers band single recorded without... Dwayne Allman, who was killed in the 1971 motorcycle accident. So Dwayne's work was on the uh, 1972 album Eat a Peach, but for the next album, Brothers and Sisters, they they had kind of a sonic void that was left by uh, Dwayne missing. So Dickie Betts stepped in in a big way with Rambling Man, which became uh, the group's biggest hit. And it proved that they could survive the loss. Uh, so the band played this one on the premiere episode of the ABC show called In Concert on November 2nd, 1972.
1: 72 or
0: 73? Uh, 72 I have oh, really? written here. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Dickie Betts is still with us. He's 78. And, uh, Brothers and Sisters is the number one
1: album this week. Yes, this week back in
2: 1973.
1: Right. So, you know, I used to get Rolling Stone and probably about 20 plus years ago, they had a, a picture on the front cover of, of uh, Greg Allman and Dickie Betts. And, you know, they're all looking old and ragged, you know, probably younger than we are today. So, <laughs> yeah. And then and then, like three years later, they fired Dickie Betts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> Talented guitarist, really good. So this song Maria. confused me, but now I understand why. So this is My Maria by B.W. Stevenson. I off the album, My Maria. So this one went to number nine. So in February, 1973, this guy B.W. Stevenson released the song, Shambhala, which was written by and composed by Daniel Moore. Two weeks later, the Three Dog Knight released their version of the song, which became a much bigger hit, charting at number three, while Stevenson's version stalled at number 66. So Stevenson and Daniel Moore then got together and rewrote Shambhala as My Maria, changing the lyrics so the song became an ode to a beautiful woman. And it worked and Stevenson had by far his biggest hit. His next closest chart entry was The River of Love at number 53. So,
1: so it, wasn't, it wasn't My Candida, this one you're <laughs> listening to the podcast over the weekend. <laughs> my wife said candida that's that's this thing it's not good yeah (laughs) (laughs) i forget what what candida meant oh
0: it's like yeah it gives you a thrush (laughs) that's right bacteria oh and and
1: (laughs) there was a there was a luncheon yesterday at work and uh was there
0: (laughs) but you see why I was confused? Oh, I think yeah, all absolutely. my life I was confused, and now I'm not anymore. It's the same song. Yeah.
1: It's a great, I, I kind of like this better. Yeah.
0: We're going to do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom.
1: well the Isley brothers do this song and they had that number one song on one of our episodes and this song is called who's that lady right yeah or that lady just that
0: lady it's called that lady it's interesting so this song was originally released as a single in 1964 and it was titled who's that lady back then but it went nowhere and then the Isley Brothers reworked the song in 1973 and released it as That Lady and it became a huge hit. The new version features younger brother Ernie Isley on guitar and supposedly the Soul Trio, the Impressions, inspired this song. The Isleys were big fans and Ernie Isley said the original version that yeah it was called Who's That Lady was done in a Cha Cha Bossa Nova style.
1: <laughs> that was big in the early 60s. Yeah.
0: yeah. But they decided to rework it, changing the melody, the tempo and the lyrics and uh, so they could showcase the, the guitar work of uh, Ernie. And, is uh, that
1: is that a synthesizer or is that the guitar? That's the I mean, guitar.
0: That. It's got an oh, effect I... on it, but yeah, Ernie Isley learned a lot about the guitar from Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix yep. Played with the Isleys in the Isleys. 1964. That's, that's right. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: yeah. And uh so his work on this song is studied and revered by guitar aficionados in much of the same way as uh, you know, Hendrix is deconstructed. And according to Ernie, it was a magical moment when it happened. He said, when I finished the solo to that lady, Kelly, his, his older brother, O'Kelly Isley Jr., um, looked at him for 15 minutes straight without blinking. He said, I felt like I had one foot on the ground and one on Mount Olympus. And I went from black and white to the world of Technicolor. Yeah, so this song was used in the 2004 comedy, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. It was uh, sampled by Kendrick Lamar for his 2014 single, I. And uh, I guess Lamar turned up at Ronald Isley's house to personally ask permission to borrow from the song. And, uh. Yeah, we might have another sponsor too at this point.
2: What's the active ingredient in Salon Selectives?
0: You. Who's that
2: lady? Who's that lady? Lovely lady. Who's that lady. Only Salon Selectives lets you mix. You match. You pick the combination for fabulous hair that leaves you feeling beautiful. Who's that lady? Salon Selective, now you're feeling
1: beautiful. Well, that's a commercial for the for all of our lady listeners. Yes.
0: <laughs> Who are those ladies? That's right. <laughs> are we like the uh, you know, the Neil Young where like no, no ladies listen to us? <laughs> we
2: were very happy. Speaking of Candida. this
1: was uh number 39 in our last time around this is dawn featuring tony orlando on the bell record company yeah and say has anyone seen my sweet Chipsy rose and we you talked about that uh lp they put out that they wanted to make it like all the songs from the 40s or something
0: uh yeah like uh like uh yeah like ragtime it was called the album uh dawn's new ragtime follows okay
1: from the 20s not the 40s Yeah,
0: yeah yeah and um yeah, so not much more to say. Uh, so Tony and Dawn are all still with us. Uh, so, yeah, Tony's Michael or Anthony Orlando Casavitas, Joyce Vincent Wilson, and Thelma Hopkins. So Tony's 78, Joyce is 75, and Thelma is 73. So, good to know. Stevie. <laughs> oh, that was well done. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
2: Oops. <laughs>
1: Stevie <laughs> this is off of inner visions right
0: yeah yeah y- yes. that
1: one of my favorite records of all time
0: yeah so this is higher ground yeah got to number four the lyrics deal with getting a second chance and making the most of it um Strangely, Stevie Wonder recorded it three months before he was almost killed in an accident on his way to a benefit concert in uh, Durham, North Carolina. The car he was in was behind a truck carrying a load of logs, which stopped suddenly and a log came flying through the windshield and hit Stevie in the head. It put him in a coma for four days and So his road manager and good friend Ira Tucker Jr. knew that Stevie liked to listen to music at high volume. So he tried singing this song directly into Stevie's ear. And at first he got no response, but the next day he tried again and he said Stevie Wonder's fingers started moving in time with the song. And that was the first sign he was going to be all right. So uh, yeah, so Intervisions was released uh, August 3rd, 1973, just three days before the accident and uh, for this song Stevie was guided by a mix of Christian morality and astrological mysticism and uh, he believed he was writing a special song and uh, yet so Stevie Wonder is the only credited musician on this listed as playing the Oh, he played everything: clarinet, yeah. the drums, the moog bass, and and yeah, you you love this album. So do a lot of people. Intervisions is considered by many fans, critics, and colleagues to be one of Stevie Wonder's finest works and one of the greatest albums ever made. It, it really is good.
1: So um, uh, in the late '80s, <clears throat> this was covered by the Red Hot Chili Peppers on their LP, Mother's Milk. Yeah, um, and I saw. Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Bushnell, um, right around, you know, that, on that tour. And they did this song. And, uh, and I think I might've seen them in Lollapalooza too. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But I think I, even even though those guys are our age, I think I kind of outgrew them or I got old.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I used to uh, always like to make up my own words to the song and I'd like to just say, People keep on peopling.
2: <laughs>
1: this was number 32 last time around. This is Helen. I'm going to mix her up with Anne Murray. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was pretty funny last <laughs> week.
1: So. so. <laughs> So this is the one whose husband was the the, the guy that was on the $100,000 a week cocaine, right? Yeah, yeah. So we already chit-chatted about this song, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, quite a bit, actually. I think we talked about how Bette Midler did a version, but they instead released Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy because this version got out first, so.
1: All right, on to number four.
2: When I was
1: a little boy. So, this man was at number seven last time around with Kodachrome. And this is, of course, Paul Simon with the Dixie Humming Something Others. I don't have it, like I'm cut off on my paper. Hummingbirds. Hummingbirds. And I don't know who the Dixie Hummingbirds are, but didn't he record this LP down at Muscle Shoals? Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I forget the name. Was this, here goes Ryman Simon, or I don't know
2: what LP? Was uh,
0: yeah. Yep, you're correct. Yes. So this is Loves Me Like a Rock by Paul Simon with the Dixie Hummingbirds off of Here Comes Ryman Simon in 1973. Um, Two
1: guys named Simon in the chart Joe Simon and Ryman Simon.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then there was the guy that was in uh, Mechanical mechanical Design. design. Also, John Simon, right? John Simon. (laughs) Yeah. It was Joe Simon, not John Simon. All right. Sneaking in all those work uh, yeah. <laughs> references. Did I
1: tell you I saw Luke yesterday? Luke. First time.
0: Luke O. Oh, yeah. I I saw him on Monday because he's in our golf league. Ah, uh, did yeah. you tell him about this show? Uh, I have not. But Maybe I should now that we're giving you him should. a shout out. Yeah.
1: Do you know he's like a whole bunch of years older than us? I, I thought he was our age. Really? Yeah. He looks great. He looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 And this is a nice song, too yeah
0: yeah. so this one would peak at number two yeah the background vocals were provided by a popular gospel group called the dixing dixie hummingbirds who were formed in 1930s so uh, they released their own version of this song later in 1973 on an album we love you like a rock and they toured with both paul simon and stevie wonder uh, yeah, and this was recorded, as you said, in Muscle, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, with the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. And uh, the OJs also did a cover of this song. Um, and they did it for the movie The Fighting Temptations.
1: <laughs> What's yeah. that? The Temptations Against Eddie Kendricks? <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul is still with us. He's 80 years old. Hard to believe.
1: half Breed. So this is Cher doing half Breed. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: yeah, so this got to number one and Casey talked about how this song was written specifically for Cher because on the Sonny and Cher show, she would occasionally use, uh, excuse me, wear Native American costumes and uh, the songwriters Al Capps and Mary Dean said they watched the show and then they thought about mm, it would make an interesting song to have like a conflict of someone being half American Indian and half white. You know, Casey said, "Oh, it turned out to be true because Cher is in fact part Indian and part Cherokee to boot." This may not really have been the truth from what I read uh, around the time that this song was released. Uh, Cher claimed she was also one sixteenth Cherokee on her mother's side. Um, she's really uh, Armenian. Her father was Armenian and uh, her mother was... she's
1: related to Mannix.
0: Yeah, her mother was English, German, Irish, uh, French, and uh, Dutch ancestry as well. So uh, she was backed uh, on this song share by the uh, LA's famous wrecking crew, including Hal Blaine on the drums. There's a music video that aired as part of the Sonny and Sheer Comedy Hour for this song, and Shear's decked out in a sexy Native American-themed costume, and she's on a horse. And uh, I'll, there's a video to that. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, also, this is a good spot to put this in. Um, this will also go in the show notes. There's an episode of Sheer's later show where she had the Osmonds on, and Herney Osmonds do a medley of Stevie Wonder songs. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's at first you're you're watching it and you're listening and you're thinking, God, this is kind of cringeworthy. And then it goes on and it's like, this is pretty good, actually, in my opinion.
1: They're well, so, all professionals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh. Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. It was number 36 last time around, nine weeks ago, on episode 11 of the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete. Yeah. And uh, I think we chit-chatted a whole bunch about this song.
0: Yeah. The only thing I want to add is Casey said, you know, you might, at, at this point, people probably thought, oh, this is Marvin Gaye's biggest song. Actually, no, I heard it through the grapevine was number one for seven consecutive weeks back in the 60s.
1: Of course, that was made really big by the California Raisins. Yeah. (laughs) And not CCR. (laughs) So, of my bands that I lumped together, this is the only one this this, week uh, on week? on the top 40. Yeah. So, there's no Three Dog Night there's no blood sweat and tears there's no bachman turner overdrive yeah there's another one guess who there's no guess who (laughs) yeah so big song
0: yeah i have a lot to say about this one Uh, it's sort of interesting so yeah this is we're an american band by grand funk and off the same titled album we're an american band so it was written by the drummer don brewer And in a Song Facts interview, he told the story behind the song, he said at the advice of their manager who kept saying, why don't you just write songs about what you do? You're out on the road, you're going to hotels, you're going to different places, there's people, you come into town. So Brewer thought about it and he wrote the line, we're coming to your town, we'll help you party it down and and yeah the other lyrics are about little things that were happening on the road during the phoenix tour and all of them are true he said the line up all night with freddie king i've got to tell you poker is his thing uh freddie king who's uh you know blues guitarist part of the three kings that are blues guitarists uh bb albert and freddie he was the opening act for grand funk at that time and uh yeah he anybody who knows him knows that he likes to play poker so after the shows he would stay up all night playing poker and sometimes these guys would sit in the line sweet sweet Connie, excuse me commie
1: sweet sweet Connie. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> sweet sweet connie was doing her act it's about connie hamsey a famous groupie known as sweet connie And some of her rumored conquests included Brewer, John Bonham, Keith Moon, Huey Lewis, Peter Chris, and Bill Clinton, right, um, when he was governor of uh, Arkansas.
1: That doesn't surprise me.
0: And then the line, four young Chiquitas in Omaha, Brewer said that they were checking into the hotel in Omaha, Nebraska, and there were four groupies in the lobby waiting to see the band, and he said, Four young chiquitas sounded a lot better than four young groupies or four young girls. So there you go. I'm out of breath.
2: Woo hoo! Woo
1: hoo! Well, that wraps it up. Ah, the American Top 40 for the week ending uh, September 29th, 1973. So, if we uh, look at the other items in the countdown, you also said that uh, Brothers and Sisters was the number one LP by the Allman Brothers. Yeah. And uh, uh, Country was Blood Red and Running by Tanya Tucker, and Soul was uh, Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. Now, that doesn't make sense. It was Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder. So, or something. Maybe I wrote that down wrong. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So when we uh, count up the record labels, in reality, it says three by Tamala. but you have to add two from Motown and one from Gordy. So yeah. <laughs> Motown had six songs um, in the top forty this week. You know, very all controlled by Barry Gordy. Well, it's that time of the of the podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we do our our, our usual stuff. So the first one we do is that song that'll torture the other guy that we call. Your agonizer, please. No Mr. Spock! So, do you have anything for me? I can
1: almost hear the stillness. <laughs> as it you've never seen number 24, heart you've heart never seen this far before by Conway Twitty. Bum, bum,
0: bum, Guess what? Good choice, because that's what I picked for you two.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My god! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I think goodness. probably for the same reasons, right? It, it's, it's icky. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I almost went with number 27 live and let die just because I figured it's one of those that you might, you know, played into the ground and yeah. then <laughs> wings, but, but this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Wow. I guess we have known each other for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well we'll uh, go away from the agonizer and number 8 to me is the best song of the countdown
0: wow man no way we are in sync this week I I said yeah number 8 that lady part 1 um, by the Isley Brothers I thought it was It wasn't even close. I mean, I had a couple of runner ups, but I wouldn't even put them in the same category. This is great.
1: Oh, this is wonderful. I mean,
0: this, that guitar solo, it's, I think it's one of the best ever. It's, it's fantastic. It's just got to
1: sound like no other. Yeah. Wow. Two for two. Two for two. Let's see if we can go three for three. So for me, <clears throat> the worst song in the countdown is number twenty six this is just so annoying yeah and if it came on the radio, I'd turn it off yeah so I don't think we're three for three though are we?
0: No, we aren't because I um, I probably shouldn't have repeated, but I picked number twenty four you've never been this far before. <laughs>
1: Uh, you can't do that. Uh, can I, <laughs> we got to set up some rules and regulations, okay. yeah. all right? We, we need to have a checklist. All right. right. We need to go in front of, of, of those in control. We need a, uh, standard work map. And...
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: We need the, the, weekly countdown control board. Yeah. yeah. And a control tower. All right. Hey.
0: Two out of three ain't bad, right, Meatloaf? Oh, Ugh. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, oh! All right, let's 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 move on, shall we? So, do you, do right. you have anything for a guilty
1: pleasure, my friend? Yes. And the reason this is a guilty pleasure, this is pummeled into the ground, but this is one of the songs that the garage band I was in. We did. Ah. Okay. It was easy for me as the bass player to ah. you know, kind of fumble around and uh and Adam did a great job singing it and then he'd pull out my trumpet and play the trumpet and so I don't know if we had a cowbell, but yeah. um, but it just brought back you know, fun memories of you know, thirty two years ago or whatever it was when, thirty years ago when we played in the basement of the house we lived in the suburbs. Yeah. And A uh, lot of lot of fun. So what do you have? Anything? Uh, you didn't have a garage band, so what's yours? Uh,
0: I didn't. And if I did, I wouldn't have done my guilty pleasure. But, uh, boy, I'm almost afraid to say this because I think the people out there may have a different opinion on me. <laughs> but I had number three, breed. by Cher. I don't know. I just... Um... Uh, this one and, uh, you know, the stuff she did in the early seventies, uh, uh, I thought was kind of good. You know, this one, dark lady and, uh, oh, dark lady is a great song. And gypsies, Tramps and Thieves.
1: That's a great song too. But,
0: yeah. but yeah, I just, um, you know, I think I remember this from when the show was on and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it's sketchy. It's it- <laughs>
1: You're guilty. I am. You're guilty of having a pleasure.
0: And I tell you what, you know, Cher Cher has kind of gained my respect over all these years.
1: Well, she's been with us for
0: yeah almost sixty years. Yeah, but I mean, you know, movies and
1: pop culture,
0: pop culture. Married to Greg Allman. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Story song of the week.
2: Just sit right back and
1: you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. I might have picked this before. I didn't look back at the records. Okay. You know, it starts off, you know, he was this, he was that, they did this, they did that. So Yeah. So, kind of weak, kind of weak on my part.
0: Yeah, I am... Um... I considered a few and um i don't know why i went with this one really but uh, i went with uh number one we're an american band and i think maybe and that's because of all your
1: yeah all, of all your research all the
0: research that yeah
1: the chiquitas on omaha yeah so and, and he was telling these
0: king albert these, king these stories um i mean there were some i didn't even think of brother louis i wonder if i picked that one the last time but uh i also thought other possibilities were midnight train to georgia uh saturday night's all right Mm -hmm. (laughs) basketball shows
1: oh god
0: uh delta dawn and and also say has anybody seen my sweet chips there were quite a few
1: well let's see i had story song of the week smoke on the water you know from from the last time ah okay i don't i don't remember what you had i didn't write i might have you. picked that too i don't yeah. know have to go back to the archives on that yeah so you, what you need to have is a folder that's getting very thick yeah instead of fumbling with my mouse Yeah. <laughs> so so my uh divergent songs of the week are they're, they're kind of well they're not divergent it's just because they got the same word in them. This song, which is theme from Cleopatra Jones
2: and uh-huh. Basketball
1: Jones. Theme from theme from basketball Cleopatra yeah. Jones. <laughs> well it's funny
0: because when I came up with that title, I, I thought, oh no, that that's like, yeah, it's the divergency right there. <laughs>
2: That, that, that's
1: the that's the the, the, the peak divergency yeah uh, metric.
0: Yeah so I um so I went in a little different direction and I struggled with this one. I, I couldn't come up with anything for a while and then I thought, well, I'm gonna be geographically divergent. So I said uh, number 32 Rocky Mountain way. All right. As this takes place in uh, Colorado, and then I picked number seventeen, Midnight Train to Georgia. Um, they're they're on opposite sides of the country and different climate and topography. <laughs> <So, laughs> kind of grasping at straws, I like guess.
1: <laughs> East of the Mississippi, west of the Mississippi, Eastern time zone, yeah, Mountain time zone.
0: Is uh, Boulder, Colorado, uh, above the Mason-Dixon line?
1: The Mason-Dixon line only went out to yeah, like the <laughs> Mississippi
0: River. If you extended it, <laughs> no, I think it's way north of it. Yeah, I thought so.
1: Yeah, the Mason-Dixon line is between Maryland and, and Pennsylvania.
0: Pennsylvania, yeah. And, and then <laughs> you,
1: you know, then you have all those bumps of Virginia and yeah.
0: You know, I'm not good with uh, maps. <laughs>
1: Oh really? I'll teach you how to read a map. You teach me how to read a memory map.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> odd or even?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: as you rate the countdown, when do you go first on this one?
0: Yeah. So um, so I did my you know scientific stuff. So I had twenty three good songs, fifteen neutral, two bad, and given that, I gave it a b plus more than half the songs I considered good there's quite a few good songs on this uh, countdown a lot of stuff that you'd still hear but there's some forgettable stuff um, the country stuff's not my thing you know you got the the novelty basketball Jones and uh, etc so so yeah that's that's what I had b plus
1: wow so I I, I did uh, some work in the in the spreadsheet and we tied really okay if you can see the screen right now um for 21 uh episodes uh one two three four five ties okay Mm -hmm. uh i've liked one two three four better than you and you get the remainder so you like this 70 stuff better than me (laughs) yeah i'll have to put another column in on 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 what the count is here so yeah yeah but But it's pretty it's pretty
0: amazing that we we come up with ties you know um yeah yeah so i i I think we're right on with this you know if you look at there's a lot of stuff like i said that still gets played on the radio and or you you just know because they're such uh you know classic songs so
1: yeah, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of forgettable stuff, especially, you know, and we'll find this in every countdown, you know, in the bottom, you know, bottom 10 or so. Yeah. You know, Millie Jackson, and, you know, who would have thought that B.B. King made the top 40, and and the yeah. uh, Temptations, you know, the song you never heard, you know, the Hey Girl, yeah. Ohio Players, you know, the Looking Glass song that sounds exactly the same, <laughs> Yeah, you know, Cross Country in the Midnight Hour doing a terrible job, yeah. but there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah.
0: So.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: So, so as I,
1: we wind it up, what uh, what would Casey say? Yeah,
0: I'm gonna throw back a little bit to something that was said in the last episode, but yeah. So uh, keep your slide rule and keep doing long algebra.
1: And keep your podcast machine tuned right where it is. Happy autumn.